Okay, if you happen to have a a Bible with you, you can turn to John chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible with you tonight, uh, no big deal, I'll be reading it for us. My name is Scott DeGroff, and it's a real privilege to be able to to share with you um, tonight um, just a, a biblical story that really tells us the same thing that our brother so adequately shared with us already. So while you're turning to John chapter 4, let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I want to say in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you that you're a God of love. Thank you that you're a God that pays attention to little people like us. Lord, nobody has ever loved the people in this circle tonight, the way that you have. You're so eager to save souls. You're so eager to to teach us, to shepherd us, to correct us for our benefit, to love us. You're listening to us right now. You know the exact number of hairs on every head. You know the cares on every heart. You know the women that cry themselves to sleep at night after their husbands fall asleep. You know every person here and you are so ready to minister to people tonight. Lord, we ask that as we walk through this passage that the Spirit of God would bring it alive and that you would open people's eyes, open people's ears, open their hearts. Lord, please have your way. How different would our brother feel about having cancer if he did not have perfect, unwavering hope in Jesus Christ the Lord? Lord, we're burdened tonight for people that are here that are outside of Christ. So please, have your way tonight, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. So John chapter 4. And verse number 4. We're just going to start by, by reading one little verse here. It's speaking of Christ, and it says this, But he needed to go through Samaria. Now, we're not going to start by reading the whole story. We're just going to start by, we're going to kind of go through it together. But as we read through the story, you, you'll see that there was a reason why he needed to go through Samaria. There was a precious woman that was going to be at a well in the heat of the day. If you've been here two or three days, you understand what the heat of the day feels like. Uh, The women in the community would go out early in the morning to get water when it was cool. Um, It seems to indicate that she would be socially ostracized from the rest of the community, like kind of an outcast, kind of unaccepted by the community, that she is coming out in the very middle of the day. But the Lord Jesus is God. He knows all things. And so the same way that he knows the cares on your heart and the hairs on your head, he knew that this woman was going to be at this well at this moment. And so the Lord Jesus said, I need to go through Samaria. It's, it's recorded right there. He must needs go through Samaria. And so what I want you to see from the very beginning is the heart of God. The Lord Jesus Christ would go out of his way into a foreign country. He would cross social barriers. 
This is a great example, by the way. The Jews hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans hated the Jews. Do we have different kinds of people groups that hate each other today? So please notice the heart of God. Notice what Jesus Christ is like. He's reaching across social lines. He's going to this well because there's one precious soul there that he loves and that he wants to reach. I wonder tonight who might be the woman at the well that's here. We had a woman at the well um, sit at our table <laughs> years ago uh, in Topeka, Kansas. We were all talking, and, and um, she, she kind of sheepishly, uh, she said, can I share something? And we said, please, we would love for you to share something. And she said, she started in high school, and she said, um, I married my high school sweetheart. And she said, I loved him. 20 years of marriage and uh, three kids. She said, I never could imagine anything different than that for my life. Uh, and then he, he fell in love with someone else. And, uh, and she said, he left, and he broke, broke my heart. I never thought I would love again. And then she said, five years later, I, I fell in love with someone else, and it felt, it felt so right, and I married him. And I was so thankful, right? I was so thankful. And then five years into that relationship, he, he fell in love with someone else, and, and he left her. And then she went into an alternative lifestyle, and she explored that life. It's interesting, her friends in that life, they, said, they used to tell her, you don't fit here. From their perspective, she didn't fit with them. But all the while, she was searching, 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 searching for what? So simple. She wanted someone to love her. And then she talked about how she came to know Jesus Christ as Savior. <laughs> and... Um, with tears coming down her face at our kitchen table, uh, she said, I finally met a man who loves me. <laughs> we, we, um, we were at DITP in Texas to, to teach, and uh, we flew, instead of flying back home to California, we flew to Kansas to attend her funeral just a couple months ago. She's with the Lord Jesus forever now. Yeah, she finally met... She finally met a man who loved her. Nobody loves like Jesus Christ. You will never meet anybody in all eternity who loves like Jesus Christ. Faithfully, selflessly, zealously, consistently. When we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. So that's the first thing I want you to notice is, is, in, is the Lord Jesus um, is a man that loves. You, you have to see the heart of God. Then, the second thing to notice tonight is that the Lord Jesus is different than, than any human being. He's the God-man, but he's different than anybody you'll, you'll ever meet. Let's read verse number 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with 
Samaritans. So she was shocked. Jewish men of this day didn't even talk to Jewish women of this day. You wouldn't do that. And here is a Jewish man going into a country where they hate the Samaritans and the Samaritans hate them. They would have called them half-breeds, which I recognize is horribly politically incorrect. Right? It shows you the social prejudice that existed in that day. So she was totally shocked that the Lord Jesus Christ was so different. In the story, the disciples are off buying food. They're caring for the needs of the body, and the Lord Jesus is seeking a precious soul that he loves. That's what he's doing tonight. He's seeking precious souls that he loves. God desires that none should perish, but that all come to repentance. That's God's heart. That's God's will. That's God's mind. He wants every person here to spend eternity with him in his home. Boy, that's a good example of love, isn't it? No one has any greater love than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ has already loved you in the greatest way anybody could ever love anybody. He died on the cross for sin. The Lord Jesus is so different. and I, This makes me cringe, but there's a Jewish prayer from this time period. Uh, the Jewish men were, were, this is recorded, you can read it. Um, they were known to say this, Lord, thank you for making me not a Gentile. Thank you for making me not a dog. Thank you for making me not a woman. Is that offensive? Yeah, it should be offensive. Lynn and I flew into Ecuador in 1997, and in the jungle of Ecuador at that time, um, if you had a little baby boy, uh, the, whole, the whole village would come out and celebrate for a week. If you had a little girl, nobody even said congratulations. No value on, on female life. Is that offensive? Yeah. And what I want you to notice is that Jesus Christ is so different. That was actually changing in the jungle little by little as they were teaching the scripture and as they were showing that there, there's these phrases in the word of God like co-heirs of the grace of life. And they were systematically teaching that the value of men and women is completely equal in the sight of God that God looks at them as incredibly precious, both of them, and that this is so hor horribly offensive and wrong to value them so differently. It still exists all the way around the world, but not in the mind of God. The Lord Jesus is so beautifully, beautifully different. Next thing to notice, verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? So I want to ask the question of God's word tonight, why should you be saved? Why should every person here be saved? The scripture answers that in two ways. Number one, you must be saved from the wrath of God. Not only is God more loving than any person that you would ever meet in your life, period, he also hates sin more than any person that you'll ever meet in your life, period. Has anybody ever sinned against you? Has anybody ever stolen anything? I was talking with a little guy, um, I think it was, at, it was at lunch today, and someone stole his bike. Has that ever happened to you? It wasn't here, by the way. Yeah. 
When someone sins against you, boy, that, it wounds you, doesn't it? And we hate that. Like, we, we hate that when we feel the sting of sin. God has an anger against sin more than any person you've ever met. Let me just give you one example. Psalm 711, God is a just judge and he is angry with the wicked every day. Boy, that is terrifying. That is so terrifying. God is a just judge and he is angry with the wicked every day. So why should a person be saved? Well, listen to what the Lord Jesus says. He said, if you knew who it was that was standing in front of you, then you would ask me, right? She was coming to a well to draw water. He asked her for water. She was shocked that he was talking to her. And then his answer is, if you only knew who it was that was standing in front of you, you would ask me, and I would give you living water, and you would never thirst again. So the number one reason why you must be born again is because of the wrath of God. But number two, the destruction of sin. There is satisfaction in Christ that, that no human being will find anywhere else. Like that woman that sat at our table and cried and said, I finally met a man that loved me. She found satisfaction. Boy, she was a precious, precious soul. It will be incredibly fun to see her in heaven. Perfect. Being loved by God in that place. Worshiping God in that place. First husband, she just wanted to be loved. Second husband, just wanted to be loved. Alternative lifestyle, just wanted to be loved. And then she finally found what her heart longed for in Christ. That's what Christ is offering this woman at the well. Now, now, as we, the story goes, or I'm not going to, we'll, I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> so yeah, he says, um, satisfaction. If you drink the water that I'm offering you, um, you will never thirst again. Uh, can we agree tonight that this is a thirsty world? How many thirsty people do you know? Hurting people. I worked with a, a precious young girl um, back in the day and uh, she reached out like this to grab a paper one time and um, she had a sleeve like this and when she reached out her sleeve came up and I saw slices on her arm and that's called cutting. Uh, It gets so bad, the pain on the inside, it gets so bad they don't know how to deal with it. And so they wound themselves, they injure themselves as a method of dealing with the pain. Some of you maybe do that, and I'm sure it would be a secret. They get very good at hiding it. I wouldn't be too shocked if this was an issue in the circle tonight. So, so um, Lynn and I would have her over, and we would talk to her, and um, oh, we longed for her to come to Christ. I, I don't want to be graphic, but she, um, she was an 18-year-old. As soon as she the day she turned 18, she left her home. Miserable, miserable background. She met a guy coming out of Target, and um, he showed her some attention when she loved that. So, so she spent that night with him, and, and then she was really offended and upset that he didn't call her back. And then, and then we, we kept trying to talk to her, and that happened to her again. And then she was really offended, same thing, really offended. 
we tried to talk to her and I said to Lynn, I said, that girl, that girl is going to be snatched up by whoever shows her attention first. You talk about a, a vulnerable soul. Like anybody who shows that person attention, like she's gone. And um, she didn't come to work for a couple of days and we didn't really know what happened. And then she showed up with a man three times her age. And she said, today's my last day, we're getting married. And off she went. Um, to my knowledge, she, she never accepted the Lord. It's just a, it's a thirsty world, isn't it? The Lord Jesus' message, oh, it's so beautiful. If you only knew who it was that was standing in front of you, then you would ask of me, and I would give you living water, and you would never thirst again. You, you might as well be saying, I would so totally satisfy you that you would never need to look to anything else to satisfy you. If you have a marriage that's unsatisfying, Christ will satisfy you. Whatever your circumstances are, I, of course, don't know them. The Lord Jesus, of course, knows all about your circumstances. He'd be so eager to give you living water, satisfy the thirst of your heart, the longing of your heart, the aching of your heart. Oh, he's so beautiful. Yeah, why, why should a person be saved? I love the way the Lord Jesus approaches this woman. Um, I can satisfy you. Now, I have to enjoy her response. I hope that you'll enjoy it too. Um, verse number 12, she says, she says, Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? I love this. A, a Samaritan woman, she basically says, What's so special about you? <laughs> <laughs> I love this, right? Crossing cultural boundaries. She is not afraid of this Jewish man, right? This stranger that comes out of nowhere and says, give me a drink, right? What's so special about you? Like, how are you going to get the water? Are you greater than the, our father, right? Our revered father, Jacob, who gave us this well? Are you greater than him? And the Lord Jesus' answer in verse 13 is awesome. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And so there's another clue from Christ's presentation to this woman. He is offering her everlasting life. They shall never perish, says another, another, another verse, John chapter 10. The chapter before this one, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, should never perish, but have everlasting life. So she says, are you greater? And then I love, his, he's very humble, but, but he, he basically says, the one that you mentioned, um, he gave you this well. If you drink that water, you're going to have to come back tomorrow in the heat of the day again and get more water. If you take what I'm offering you, your soul will be satisfied. Your soul will be safe forever with me. You'll find the love that your heart longs for. And it will be like a well inside of you springing up into everlasting life. 
Next thing to notice in the story is, is her response to him. Verse number 15, I love this. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. I basically would say it this way. I want it. I want it. That sounds awesome. So, so a poll was taken uh, many, many years ago in the United States of America by an official agency, and they asked people, do you want to go to heaven? Any guesses of how many people percentage-wise wanted to go to heaven in response to that poll? 5%? Nope. Way more than that. Yeah, it's, it was in the 90s. Yeah, it was over. Yeah, that's a good number. Um, um, it was in the 90s. It was well over 90% of people, if you just ask them, do you want to go to heaven, would say yes. Simple question, right? Uh, if you understand Christ's offer of salvation, it's, an, it's a free offer. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Who wouldn't want something for free when it's heaven versus hell? And so you just ask people that simple question, would you like to go to heaven? Over 90% of people say yes. And basically, that's what she's saying. She's like, living water sounds great. Like what you're describing sounds better than my life. I'll take it. I hope, that, I hope that there's people here tonight that have never accepted Jesus Christ, and that's where you are right now in this moment. This sounds really good. The love of God. Jesus Christ being sacrificed on the cross for my sin to pay the debt, making a free offer to me. I, I hope that your heart is open the way that her heart is open. But then notice Christ's response. He shows so much wisdom. Verse number 16. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. I love this. So he makes her this offer. I love her kind of spunky response. They banter back and forth. She says, okay, I'll take it. Living water, I'll take it. And then he, he basically, if you know the Lord Jesus, if you read the story repeatedly, like you can see, he's saying there's an issue that needs to be dealt with. He's like, oh, I want you to take it. Oh, I want you to take it. I want so bad for you to have it. But there's an issue that has to be dealt with. And, and it's the issue that separates people that are so precious and so loved by God from the presence of God, and that's called sin. Sin has made a separation between the people and their God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That's separation. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord so over 90% of people would answer a simple question, yes, I would, love, I would love to go to heaven. Um, and yet Jesus Christ, talking about heaven and hell, he said, um, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many are those that are on it. 
Narrow is the road that leads to everlasting life, and few are those who find it. So if you take Christ's testimony, it's not the many that will end up in heaven, it's the few. Why? They stumble over this issue of sin. It's pretty easy to admit, oh, we're not perfect, right? We even have a term for that, right? Like, oh, we're only human. And I I don't remember ever meeting anyone in my life that wouldn't admit, well, we're only human. None of us are perfect. But the problem is, we're not just sinners. We're guilty sinners in the presence of God. Our sin deserves to be punished by God. It deserves an eternity in the lake of fire and separation from God. But God so loves us that he sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross to take the punishment for that sin. That's called substitution, by the way. So you have sin, separation, substitution. Christ went as our substitute to the cross. So the real issue is sin. Let me, let me give you God's testimony. Um, in Acts chapter 17, uh, it says that the Lord commands all men everywhere to repent. That, that, the word repent means turn to God from sin. You have to recognize your sin in the presence of God, and you have to turn to God from your sin. You don't have to wash yourself. You don't have to change your life. God does that. But you have to turn to God from your sin. You have to repent. Uh, twice in Luke 13, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Acts 20:21, 20, the gospel of, of the Apostle Paul. Repentance toward God, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs 28, 13, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. God's testimony is consistent. We can't just say, I would prefer heaven over hell. There's an issue that must be dealt with, and that issue is called called sin. I had a camper in in 19... um, 97. I had a camper in, in Washington State at Lakeside Bible Camp. He came in. He had never, he, he wasn't from any kind of a religious background, never been in that kind of an environment before. He came in on Sunday night. He listened to the first message of the week, and I noticed after the message, he was sitting there weeping. And I immediately went up to him. He was in my cabin. I went up to him and I asked him, what would you think of the message? And he said, I've never heard anything like that before. And, and we sat, we talked about the gospel for 45 minutes, an hour. He was just broken, right? Having heard this for the first time. And I asked him, would you like to be saved tonight? And he said, yes. I said, do you want to pray? He said, yes. And then I, and then I bowed my head and I told him, go ahead. And he just sat there in silence. And eventually I kind of peeked. And then I said, do you want to pray? And he said, you know, I I think I want to think about it. And I'm always okay if people want to think about it. So So I said, okay, I'll pray for you. You think about it. Let me know if you have any questions. Let anybody know if you have any questions. I'm so glad that you're interacting with God's truth in his in his word, the Bible. Long story short, we went on all week long. And you could see the hardening in his heart 
throughout the week. And then I asked him one more time on Friday night, and, and I, I was so burdened for him. And I went to him on Friday night after the last message, and I said, what did you think? You've been thinking all weekend long. He said, he said you know, um, of course, I would really like heaven as opposed to hell. And I said, do you believe those are real places? And he said, yeah. And he said, he said but I just want to do this. And he named sin. He said, and I want to do this, and I want to do this. And so I would very much like to be saved, but I do not want to be saved right now. He chose sin over salvation. That was an awfully long time ago. 24 years ago, maybe. No idea if he'll, if he'll ever accept Christ and end up in eternity with believers. The, this, the issue that keeps most people out of heaven, uh, or the issue that keeps all people out of heaven, is sin. That issue must be dealt with in order for a person to be forgiven and accepted by an infinitely holy God that hates, that hates sin. So I love the Lord Jesus here. He, he says to this woman, you've been married five times. Right now you're living with a guy. Boy, that is really direct. He just met her, right? That is super awkward, isn't it? Like he goes through this whole thing, you know, give me a drink. Oh, thank you. Give me a drink. Thank you, bro. They go through this whole interaction. He brings her all the way to this point where she says, I'll take it. And then he brings up like that which she would be, like why, why is she coming to the well in the middle of the day? She has quite the past. Been married to five men. Can you imagine the wounds on that woman's heart? living with someone that didn't even care to marry her this time. And then the Lord says, go, go call your husband. And she tries to skirt the issue. She tries to change the subject if you read it. But the Lord Jesus won't have it, right? Like he just brings her back. This issue has to be dealt with. If you're going to receive what I long for you to receive, living water and never thirst again, God's salvation, if you're going to receive that, this has to be dealt with. Yeah, I love it. As you keep, as you keep reading through, there's one, more, there's one more thing I want you to notice in the story. She ends up believing in Christ, and I'll show you where we can see that. And she ends up receiving him as Messiah. She believes in Christ, and she receives him as Messiah. In verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. So, so here this guy shows up at the well. He, he tells her all these things about herself. And she's beginning to put it together. This is the Savior of the world that I've heard about. And she, she remembered something that she had been taught about the Savior of the world. I know that Messiah, when he comes, he will tell us all things. And then the Lord Jesus, at this point, he just basically says, that's me. I'm standing right in front of you. It, you can't help but think about back when it says, if you only knew who it was that was standing in front of you, you would ask of me, right? And so now he's gone through this whole skillful process with this precious soul. 
And he, now he's just being direct. It's me. Like who you've heard about, the, the Messiah of Israel, the Savior of the world. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He's the only Savior in the world. And, she, and she's, well, look at her response in verse uh, 29. She goes back into her community. In fact, you can read it, verse 28. Then the woman left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. So she said, I know the Messiah will tell us all things. And then she goes back into the city, and she says, Come see a man that told me all things. You can see. She recognizes for who Christ is. And then there's even more evidence. Verse 39, many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. How beautiful is that? In a first century culture that valued men greater than women, the Lord Jesus chooses a woman and says, she's so precious. She's been married five times. She's currently living with someone that didn't even care to marry her. But she's going to be at the well at noon. And I love her. I have to go through Samaria. And then he chooses her, not just to save her personally, save her soul, but to use her as a missionary. She goes back into her community and she tells them all. And they end up believing. Many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So, on behalf of Jesus Christ, I just want to make this simple offer tonight. You can, you can have satisfaction, and you can have that which the only thing which will ever fully satisfy your heart. That's the person of Christ. Salvation, forgiveness of sin. It's all offered to you. In fact, if, you're, if, if I could just sum it up. Sin, separation, substitution, salvation. So salvation is being offered you in the person of Christ. I love this because it's so simple. A couple pages to the left in John chapter 1, it says this, and I'll close with this. John chapter 1 and verse number 12. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So Jesus Christ is being offered to every person in this circle tonight. What does it take to be saved? You have to receive him. He's being offered to you by God, a God who pleads with humanity from heaven. That's 2 Corinthians. He pleads with humanity. He desires none should perish, but all come to repentance. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to be called sons of God, to those that believe on his name. If you have any questions about, about what has been said tonight, would you please come and ask? I do not like debate. Um, that is definitely not a hobby of mine. I, nobody would ever want to put you on the spot. If you have any questions about these things, boy, we would love to talk to you. And there's someone way more important than us that would love for you to understand these things and to receive Christ tonight.
Let's pray. Father, we want to, at the end of our meeting, um, say thank you again for the heart of God that is so loving. Lord, we've never met anybody like you. So beautiful, so powerful, so holy. A just judge that is angry with the wicked every day and yet so self-sacrificing that the Lord Jesus would come from heaven, go to the cross to pay the price for every sin that's been committed by every precious soul in this meeting tonight. Lay down his life as a, a sacrifice, a substitute, an offering, a full payment for sin so that every single person on the planet, including every single person here, could have salvation if they would only receive it and believe in Jesus Christ. Father, we just want to pray tonight that you would have your way in, with lives that are here, older people that are here. We heard about a, a brother who became a brother in Christ as, as an older man. That is so delightful to hear. That was so soul-thrilling to hear his testimony tonight. Younger people that are here that have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. Lord, please have your way. Take your word. Make it, make it clear. Um, make it powerful, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.